Drake has trust issues, and so do I. Today's a little bit of a rant. It's also a little bit of a, like, kind of a shit-talking situation. So, buckle down. Get ready for it. I've seen a lot of influencers on social media recently, and I use that word because I hate that word, and I'm using it intentionally because the type of people who I feel like love that word are the type of people who sometimes are the most irresponsible when it comes to their online influence. Specifically, I've seen a lot of influencers recently talk about nutrition. So they could either be lifestyle influencers that happen to talk about their diet and what they eat in a day. There could be wellness or, you know, health influencers who talk about nutrition online. And some of these people have credentials and some of them don't, but there's a lot of them spewing a lot of false information. What my intent with this episode is, is more just to lay out the facts for you to kind of understand as you are following people online, what to look for, what to listen for in terms of red flags. There should be certain phrases that when you hear them, they make you go, oh shit, this this is not right. And I just want to bring awareness to what those things are because I do think that these influencers have a sneaky little way of saying things where it sounds so casual and so easy and it's also just so wrong. Let's just quickly talk about the landscape that is social media influencing and social media wellness influencing. The first piece of it is there's... Nothing that people can't say online. There are no rules. There is nobody regulating people's speech about health and wellness and nutrition in the same way that labels on actual food and products are regulated. And I'm not going to get into like a free speech rant here. That's not really what I'm trying to target. What I'm more just wanting to make sure everyone remembers when you're following wellness influencers online is... When you pick up food from the store, there are regulations around what brands can and cannot say and how they can and can't market to you. Those rules aren't great, but they're there and there are some standards. Online, it's that's not the case. There's nothing. People can make claims about the efficacy of certain foods or supplements in ways that are just not as controlled. And that's really dangerous. And it's also really important to remember when people are making claims that there's nobody holding them to any kind of standard to make sure that they're true. And the other piece of the landscape to really be aware of, particularly when it comes to social media influencers in the wellness and health and nutrition space, is that there's a lot of people called health coaches out there, life coaches. And I just want to make it clear, unlike a registered dietitian, Unlike a nutritionist, unlike a doctor, there's actually no standard to call yourself a health coach or a life coach. There are no legal certifications required to quote unquote practice as either of these things. And I know that because I am one. And that's where like I'm a little skeptical of my own life choices, but I am a certified holistic health coach. I went through hours, months of training Um, So I got certified with Institute of Integrative Nutrition, IIN. I could talk about that another day. I do have a whole blog post on it. My point being like, I going through that process am now very aware of how not required any training is. 
So the folks who are doing certifications through institutions like IIN, yeah, they care about having a certificate of some kind. They care about being able to say that they have studied this in some sort of organized fashion. But the fact is, is that it's not required. So really anyone can go on social media and claim themselves as a health coach or as a life coach or as a wellness coach. And again, there's no regulation of that. So the takeaway there is like, just to be aware that the person claiming to be a health coach, they actually might not have any qualifications to be one, but that doesn't matter because it's not required. So that's the landscape we're dealing with of people on social media influencing in this space. I really want to give you guys some red flags to look out for because it does go deeper. There are plenty of health coaches you can follow that give great advice and have done their research and are perfectly legit, just like there's plenty of doctors who are not. So it's not like, you know, black and white in that kind of nature. Like it's just not that stark. But there are red flags with the actual content that they're producing and the actual things that they're saying that you can kind of look out for that should really send you running in the complete opposite direction. So the first red flag to look out for is whenever a wellness or nutrition or health influencer starts claiming foods are a quote unquote good source of something without giving you the numbers behind it. Now, there's a specific reason this is a problem because in order for a actual brand to claim an item is a good source of XYZ, a good source of vitamin A, a good source of protein, a good source of fiber. Guys, the FDA regulates this on packaging. So to use the words high, rich in, excellent source of, the food actually has to contain 20% or more of the RDI, the recommended daily intake or the DRV, daily recommended value of that thing. So like a brand is held to a standard by the FDA to be able to use that phrase, but then you have wellness influencers that will get on their Instagram stories and say things like, wow, these cauliflower thins are an excellent source of fiber. And the reason they're saying that is because cauliflower itself is a great source of fiber. It is. It has 12 grams of fiber. That's actually 48% of your daily value. So it's it's just a little deceptive. And I think because they're not held to standards, it's very problematic. So you have someone that's talking about cauliflower being this really nutritious plant, and, and they're telling that story while talking about cauliflower thins. Cauliflower thins that have been processed to the point of not being as nutritious as cauliflower. So for example, the outer aisle brand of cauliflower thins, they have one gram of fiber um, per little thin. I'm not bashing the cauliflower thins. They're actually really tasty. I enjoy them. They're a nice low carb option if you're after that. But the problem is when you get influencers making these statements about cauliflower being this like amazing nutritious thing. And this is like cauliflower is such a good source of XYZ. And then they're talking about thins and not giving you the numbers behind it. So whenever anyone online, whenever anyone on Instagram stories is talking about the nutrition value of an item and not backing it up with the numbers right then and there, that is a big red flag because the FDA regulates it on packaging, but we're not regulating it when it's coming out of people's mouths. Another red flag, and this might light some fires, but to me, a red flag is whenever somebody is demonizing one food group. 
And that's a philosophical difference I have with a lot of people. I don't think that there's any one food group we should be demonizing. I know, obviously, you've got vegans who can demonize um, meat, animal protein. There are lots of reasons to do that. Ethics, health, that's fine. You have people in the carb demonization camp. Obviously, I'm not in that camp. I love a bagel. I love a carb. I think... Just personally, from a philosophical standpoint, I believe that there are um, all sorts of food groups that make up important parts of our diets. And the reason I believe that is because I believe in bio-individuality. I believe that there are things that make sense for different people. We are all different people with different nutritional needs. So my problem with the demonizing of any one food group is that it discounts bio-individuality. It's saying carbs are bad, period. Meat is bad, period, versus saying carbs don't work for me. And I think it's okay as an influencer, if you have your niche, um, that you're creating content for the anti-carb people, okay, I see it, I respect it. But again, I just need everyone that listens to me to know that just because carbs are really bad for someone else, it doesn't mean that they're bad for everyone or fat is bad for someone else, it doesn't mean that it's bad for everyone. And I think that's just such an important concept for everyone to know and remember when they are choosing who to follow online. And the third red flag, my friends, is following someone who doesn't cite sources. Um, Because there are so few standards for what people can choose to say online about health and wellness and nutrition, I just really am skeptical of anybody that has conversations about why they choose to eat a certain way or the things they're recommending, and they don't cite the science. You need to talk about the studies. If you are a like a person in the wellness space and you're creating content online and you're on stories and you're not reading studies, scientific studies, then you shouldn't be doing it. And I know that's just controversial. It's fine to share your what I eat in a day, but let's not like come at it from the place of authority, of influence. Those are just not the people that should have the influence. And sometimes it's a bummer because they are. So who to follow, what content to consume. Honestly, your actual real life doctor would be a great place to start. Your your in-person health team, whether that includes a health coach or a nutritionist or an RD or an MD, whatever it may be, those are the people to, to look to when it comes to health and wellness and nutrition. The other thing I would say is um, books, read, pick them up. They're great. A variety of them would be the preference. So read the books by the people in Camp No Carb. Read the books by the people in Camp No Dairy. Read the books from the people in Camp Carnivore because all of those different opinions might help lead you to different places in what you would like to try with your nutrition and your wellness. And it'll give you both sides of the story rather than having one very biased perspective that often I find people have on social media because they are so niched down. And the other thing I would say is online, take that same approach, follow people from all camps, follow the vegan and follow the person who is very into their meat, right? Just have some variety. And I think having that variety will kind of allow for a healthier view of health. That's going to be it for today's episode. If you are a consumer I hope that this kind of helped give you the tools to navigate these very dangerous and scary waters. And if you are a quote-unquote influencer, a content creator in this space, please fucking use 
your influence responsibly, I beg of you, because I'm seeing people flopping it all over the table as if it's just as if it's just not worth what it's worth. And being able to have a platform and a space to speak on issues where people actually see and hear it, my God, use it responsibly, please. And have some damn standards. Thank you. That is all. 